I am Gabrielle Gonzalez, host of the Mindful Revamp podcast. This is a space for exploring the power of mindfulness, how to be mindful, and how to revamp the you that exists on a moment-to-moment basis. So often as humans, we become deeply attached to our habitual patterns, even when they no longer serve our highest good, and even if we don't mean to. And yet, As humans, we also have the ability to utilize our awareness in order to make long-lasting change for the better. As a licensed marriage and family therapist, mindfulness coach, and creative being, I aim to support listeners in unlocking their emotion, power, and passion to live to the fullest. Hello, hello. Thanks for joining today for the topic, anxious achievers. Today, we're going to be discussing what it means to be an anxious achiever, a variety of behaviors that tend to become patterns for these people. I'm really passionate about helping people understand where their behavior comes from. And in order to do that in this podcast episode, I'd like to start by sharing some information about that. Where do our behaviors come from? So according to cognitive behavioral therapy, which I am definitely a big fan of, and I will also share more on reasons why I'm not just a fan of CBT in a few moments here. So according to cognitive behavioral therapy, our thoughts directly impact our emotions and our emotions directly impact our behavior. So it's this one, two, three experience. First, I have a thought, then in response to that thought, I have an emotional reaction, and in response to the emotional reaction, I behave in a certain way. The reason this framework is really helpful for people is because when we know that our behavior has a root, we are able to identify what's happening before the behavior so we can intervene a little bit sooner because once we're already having a behavioral reaction to something, it can sometimes be a little bit more difficult to pinpoint how to move away from it, especially if it's a behavior that we don't feel proud of. And I can tell you for certain that many anxious achievers people who are striving for success and tend to feel a lot of anger, frustration, and anxiety along the way, don't always feel proud of their behavior, whether it's how they responded to their partner at home, whether it is because they made a mistake and they find themselves ruminating despite the fact that they can't stand ruminating, Or perhaps they are putting too much on their plate and then feeling overwhelmed and making a pattern of that despite knowing it's not working. Anxious achievers don't always feel proud. So thoughts impact feeling, which impacts behavior. But where do our thoughts come from? Many of our thoughts are aspects of our core beliefs. These are deeply ingrained beliefs that we developed 
probably from a young age and definitely over the course of time with repeated experience. So for example, if we observe a parental figure that is striving for success and demonstrating anxiety along the way and harshly judging themselves over and over again, A child might observe that and then learn to believe that our worth derives from our ability to succeed in specific areas. So if they observe that over and over again, as they grow older, they might have that core belief ingrained into their mental blueprint of how I should be in the world. So these core beliefs are so deeply ingrained that it takes a lot of mindfulness, a lot of presence in the here and now in order to identify what they even are. Because if we don't know what those core beliefs are, we can't begin to change them. Next, our feelings. Where do they come from? Many of our emotions derive from our underlying needs. So based on the experiences we have had throughout our lifetime, we may begin to develop a need for this, that, or the other. Let's say I didn't receive enough validation growing up. So that is one of my underlying needs now. Perhaps I am, as an anxious achiever, really striving to succeed and appear wonderful and great in every way because my underlying need says I want people, I need people, I'm afraid of being alone. Or another example of an underlying need could simply be love. I need love. And one thing that could happen that might lead to the development of this underlying need is abandonment. Maybe at some point the person experiencing this underlying need was abandoned in some way, physically or emotionally. So now that we've dug deeper into where our thoughts come from and where our feelings come from, let's talk about behavior. Behavior is a result of these thoughts and our emotions. According to CBT and separate from CBT, just in speaking to people about their experiences, this tends to be the case. So how we begin to shift, how we begin to transform ourselves requires mindfulness. Mindfulness is that awareness that arises when we pay attention on purpose in the here and now. And we do so with non-judgment. We do so with acceptance. And I want to be clear that acceptance doesn't mean that I agree with this or that I like this experience. Acceptance simply says, I am observing what is. I am recognizing that this is the case, that this is the factual experience of my life in the here and now. It doesn't mean that we are going to stand for it in the long term. So, Now that we understand thoughts and where they come from, feelings and where they come from, and the impact they have on behavior, let's move into what it means to be an anxious achiever. So these people have often been referred to 
throughout their lives, most likely, as overachievers or as perfectionists. And I want to be clear that it's not a bad thing to quote unquote overachieve. Also, it depends on who you're talking to in order to define what overachieving even looks like. Because overachieving for one person might just be achieving for another or might actually be failing in the eyes of another. So it's hard to use this word as a universal term to describe people who want to succeed and are pushing themselves maybe a little further and a little harder than they need to. And I say than they need to because what ends up resulting when people push too hard a lot of the time, not all the time, is they end up actually feeling pretty unfulfilled and inadequate. And being a perfectionist, well, I think that term can get a little bit confusing because I want to be clear here that just because someone might be referred to as a perfectionist doesn't mean that they do things perfectly. They may want things to be perfect, but they don't necessarily achieve that all the time or even ever. So anxious achievers are people that want to succeed, that strive to be better all the time and a lot of the time in many areas and in doing so experience anxiety. They tend to feel really worried and really concerned with how other people view them or really afraid of what might happen in their life if they weren't constantly pushing to be better and pushing to be more and have more. So achieving, hey, in my eyes, is a great thing. I like to achieve and It's important to think about, and this is just sort of a small tangent here, what it means to achieve in your life. Perhaps your core beliefs say one thing, but your rational brain at this point in your life says another. And it's okay for you to decide that the definition of achievement looks different now than it did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So now I'm going to review a few different, six, actually six different patterns of behavior that tend to be very common for overachievers. And then after noting each one, I'm going to go into a little bit more detail and give you an example or idea on how you might navigate this pattern of behavior a little bit differently. So first off, Number one pattern of behavior listed is thinking over and over again about any little mistake they've made, ruminating on all their wrongs and giving little attention to the things they do right. I'm going to say that one more time to give you a chance to really digest this. Anxious achievers tend to think over and over again about any little mistake they've made ruminating on all their wrongs and giving little attention to their rights. I repeat that because it's so important that we pay attention to the fact that we are all doing things wrong and doing some things right, probably on a daily basis. However, what happens with anxious achievers is they are so desperate or have such a strong desire, I should say, to succeed that they're constantly looking forward 
and not taking pause to look backward and acknowledge and affirm their strengths and their growth and all of the things that they've done right today or in the past week or in the past month or year. So how can we start to respond differently? Because I know from personal experience and from talking to people in my professional life that ruminating is not a comfortable experience. It can actually become pretty distressing and cause more anxiety and result in physical symptoms of anxiety and frustration, like having tension in the body or experiencing digestive issues or tightness in the chest or sweaty palms or shakiness. It doesn't feel great. So what can we do here? This is where mindfulness comes into play. It's important that we recognize that it's happening. Let yourself ruminate and at the same time, observe how it feels in your body rather than just focusing on the thoughts and thinking in circles and circles instead, or actually I should say, in addition to doing that, also observe what's happening to your body. Notice if you are tensing up your jaw, if your brow is furrowed, if your leg is shaking. And as you begin to acknowledge mindfully what's happening to your body as you experience these ruminating thoughts, perhaps you do something to soothe the discomfort. If your leg is shaking, maybe you notice that and then you stand up and you ground yourself by really planting your feet into the floor and feeling the strength of your legs. Or if you are feeling tense in your body, Maybe as you're ruminating and noticing the tension, you pause and you stretch your neck or you stretch whatever part of your body or massage gently whatever part of your body is tensing up at that moment. So that is a pure example of mindfulness. It is recognizing what's happening in the here and now and working with that. Number two, experiencing overwhelm on a regular basis because they're hoping for perfection in all they do, despite rationally knowing perfection isn't possible. This is where it gets frustrating for anxious achievers, and we're going to dig deeper into this point in a few minutes. But this idea that I can know something rationally And then still not behave in a rational manner. It's so frustrating. So anxious achievers are striving for perfection. And I mentioned those underlying needs at the beginning of this episode. And when it comes to this point right here, a lot of the time this striving is related to an underlying need. So what I would encourage an anxious achiever to do is... When they have some time, maybe sit down and stream of consciousness journal. So that's just writing without thinking ahead about it, without worrying about using any punctuation or using neat handwriting, just letting your thoughts flow through the brain and then out onto paper without any 
like I said, planning. And in doing this, look out for what your underlying needs might be. Because in that stream of consciousness journaling, you might identify a feeling that you have and go, oh my gosh, that reminds me of this time when this thing happened. Or, oh my gosh, yeah, I do feel kind of empty in that area of my life. Get to know your underlying needs. And that's going to really support you in meeting those needs for yourself so that you can also release that overwhelm by releasing the need for things to be perfect. Number three, putting too much on their plate because they constantly feel like they're running out of time and then they strive anxiously to succeed at all they can. I can't tell you how many times I've been reminded that I'm putting too much on my plate. And it's, you know, not coming from a bad place. When you are excited about something or you are just uh, urgently wanting to experience a variety of things, it happens. And I think the strength here is that anxious achievers are excited they're interested, they are ambitious, and they tend to feel overwhelmed. And this point here that I noted, they feel like they're running out of time, is also a really common theme for anxious achievers. So there's a couple points that I want to bring up here. The first is the idea of prioritizing your tasks that you need to get done, and also prioritizing your values because you might have a lot you want to get done today and perhaps one thing has more value over another today. And maybe tomorrow something else will be more important to you than whatever you found important today. So it's super important to be flexible with yourself and to be really conscious of what your priorities are. And I would even encourage you to create a chart for yourself with, let's say, five columns that represent different areas of your life. Write down all the things that you want to get done under each area, under each column, and then take a few highlighters. Let's say three different colors. In the first color, I want you to go through and highlight all the things you really want to do, but could wait a few days. Then in the second color, go through and highlight everything you really need to do, but can wait at least a few hours, maybe even a whole day. And then in color number three, go through and highlight all the things that you really need to do that will help you feel at peace and feel powerful in this present moment. So now you can really taper down what you are you know, going to do based on what you most need today. Because otherwise, and the anxious achiever, I think will resonate with this a lot. There will be so much to do that nothing gets done. Nothing, not even the self-care that the anxious achiever needs so very badly. So my second point here, this idea that we're running out of time. This is where I would encourage the anxious achiever to do some spiritual digging. 
What does time mean for you? What does it mean to run out of time? How in this one life that you get to live is your time best spent? So I say spiritual digging because a lot of the things that might come out of this when you do this exploration could be related to your spirituality or your philosophy in life. And the more connected you are to your own authentic spiritual beliefs or philosophical understandings, the more you'll be able to apply them to your behavior in the here and now. Number four, feeling unworthy if they're unable to achieve both for themselves as well as for others. This one gets me because so many people feel that they lack worth as a human being, that they will lose people, that they will be disrespected and disliked if they don't achieve all the time. And not just for themselves, but for others. Anxious achievers often do put other people ahead of themselves and then become overwhelmed that they are or want to put other people ahead of themselves and then end up feeling pretty frustrated, maybe even really angry. And the other thing that results here is if an anxious achiever makes a mistake or doesn't do well enough or isn't feeling well enough in their life, perhaps they're experiencing a bout of depression or they're feeling really stressed or just feeling unable to be there for others, maybe they start to self-isolate and not show up for other people, but especially not show up to help and heal themselves. So what we can do here, some core belief work. What does worth mean to you? How did you come to develop your beliefs around self-worth? And the more you're aware of how your core beliefs came to develop, the more you can actually start to reparent yourself and offer new insights based on your life experience. And perhaps you can start transforming your core beliefs to support you in offering some self-compassion to you. And you can start to allow yourself to make mistakes without hating yourself. I mean, seriously, people, some people I've spoken to who would identify as anxious achievers are so mean to themselves in their minds. I mean, they speak to themselves in ways that they would never speak to someone they truly love. So noticing when that's happening is important. Again, becoming mindfully aware maybe of how your body is reacting to the thoughts of being unworthy. And then in that core belief exploration, maybe you can pinpoint a different belief that helps you feel a bit more worthy. Number five, feeling frustrated with themselves because they want to behave rationally, but tend to experience a roller coaster of emotions. Okay, so this is the juicy stuff here. This is the neuroscience that I love talking about. 
we have different parts of our brains that function for specific reasons. The prefrontal cortex, which is the upper frontal region of the brain, is responsible for our executive functioning, our higher level thinking, which includes our ability to be rational, our ability to focus, to communicate in clear ways, and to remember things. Our lower deep region of the brain is responsible for our emotions. Also, that deep lower region of the brain is the oldest part of the brain. It is the first part of the brain that is developed as we grow as humans. And then our prefrontal cortex develops over that in layers and layers. So our emotional brain has a lot more experience and has been around for a lot longer than our rational brain. Not only that, but that deep lower level of the brain is our safety mechanism. It's responsible for our fight, flight, and freeze responses. And it learns from conditioning. So I experience this thing. I respond in this way. I feel better. So the brain, that lower region says, keep responding in that way, you'll feel better. Let me give you an example. I feel inadequate. I pull an all-nighter and do a bunch of work. The result, I feel better about myself and I get praise from other people. The lower region of the brain says, keep pulling all-nighters. Even though the rational part of your brain says, oh my gosh, I can't do it. That makes no sense. I need rest. That deeper, more experienced, more um, long-held part of the brain is telling you something different. And it has a lot of power. So what neuroscience has shown us, however, is that use of mindfulness supports the connection between that lower region of the brain and the prefrontal cortex. When we experience stress or trauma, the neural pathways that connect the back of the brain to the front of the brain are damaged. They are weakened. Therefore, when we experience stressful situations, after having experienced a repeated stress or trauma, the brain has a really hard time reacting in rational ways. Mindfulness repairs those neural pathways so that we can access our rational thinking brain when we are encountering stressful experiences later on. So when it comes to anxious achievers feeling frustrated with themselves, it's important to know that if you're not responding rationally and you're engaging in certain patterns of behavior over and over because a part of you thinks it should help, your brain is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. We, we can maybe take a moment here to say, thank you, brain. You are doing everything you know, at least everything that you, the lower region of my brain knows, to keep me safe, to keep me secure. And also we can thank our brain for its ability, its innate ability to practice presence. And that's what I find to be so amazing. You don't have to be an expert at anything to be present. You just have to know how to do it. And they are very basic skills like experiencing your body, noticing the quality of what you're touching 
or noticing the different ta- the different tones in the sounds that you're hearing or the textures in the materials that you're looking at or the light reflecting off an object. Utilizing your five senses and connecting deeply to the minute details around you in the here and now is mindfulness. And as you do this, you're strengthening the connections in your brain and you are helping yourself move away from reacting impulsively, urgently, and in the ways that you normally do to your stress or feelings of inadequacy or fear of losing people. And you start to act in more rational ways, in ways that you can feel proud of. Lastly, number seven, often seeking external validation because they don't fully trust in their own positive self-talk. Yeah. As an anxious achiever myself, a recovering anxious achiever, I guess you could say, an anxious achiever living in flow is what I would describe it as. I do this. I've done it a lot in my life and I do it a lot less now because I've recognized for myself that my positive self-talk is worth trusting. I can trust my positive self-talk and I know that because I've explored my own core beliefs and my own underlying needs and I have redefined my beliefs and I've begun to meet my own underlying needs. Therefore, I can now trust my positive self-talk. But if we haven't done that work yet, we're going to probably lack trust in ourselves when we try to say, you're doing enough. You are enough. So what can we do here? We need to explore those underlying needs and those core beliefs. Because the more we can connect with our authentic selves, the more we can validate our own emotions, and the more we can validate and reassure ourselves when we choose to take certain action in our lives. So I invite you to begin thinking about these things for yourself. Most importantly, notice mindfully, how is your body responding to this information? Right here, right now. How is your body positioned? Are your shoulders tense? Are you smiling? Are you frowning? Are you looking at something? If you are, name it. If you can hear something around you in your environment, name it. Notice some of the colors that surround you, textures, or notice the quality of something you can touch. I invite you to bring in these skills to your life, begin to integrate this concept of being present with non-judgment and allowing awareness to arise as a result. And as you do, also think about how you can explore those core beliefs and underlying needs so that you can transform your behavior to feel more confident, present, and proud. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mindful Revamp Podcast. I'm so excited to continue our journey of revamping ourselves through use of mindfulness skills and mental health knowledge so that we can become the most authentic and powerful versions of ourselves. 
If you're looking for deepened support, please visit my website, mindfulrevampinc.com and stay tuned for my soon to launch program on helping anxious achievers transform their behavior so that they can feel more confident, present, and proud. Looking forward to having you next time. Hey, welcome back to the Mindful Revamp Podcast. I'm so grateful you're here and I'm excited to share this quick and important podcast episode. (laughs) This episode is going to be a little bit shorter than the typical ones and we're going to be focusing in on one specific topic. This specific topic is all about how we can affirm the things that we don't normally affirm for ourselves. So as an anxious achiever, I have definitely experienced those moments where my internal narrative is completely focused on being proud of myself for only things like hardworking, productivity, making money. And the thing is, I didn't necessarily invent that in my own mind. I adopted those values from other people, from the society that we live in, from systems that I'm a part of. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. So I want to really highlight that here because when we refer to things as good and bad, what we're doing is we are placing judgments one way or the other. And the reason this can be harmful is because if we become too caught up in placing judgments, we end up making these really strong associations between doing ABC, so being hardworking, being productive, making money, with being a good girl, with being a success. But here's the thing. There are so many other ways to experience success, to experience joy and content and the experience of being proud. There are more things to be proud of. And instead of looking at things as being good or bad, perhaps we start looking at things as being helpful or harmful. In which case, something like being productive all the time is not always a good thing because in some ways it can be harmful. It can be harmful to my mental health. It can create anxiety. It can trigger conflict in relationships. It can take away from the really important rest that is needed in order to connect with your creative ideas and then put them into action effectively. So this is why I invite you to stop looking at things as good or bad and start looking at things as helpful or harmful. So with that, let's talk about the things you can affirm for yourself when you're actually used to affirming things like, I am good if I'm productive. I am successful if I make great money. I have something to be proud of if I worked really, really hard today and in fact didn't get enough sleep or just kick back time. You can actually start being proud today. You can start being proud of yourself for closing the computer, for walking away 
from that pile of laundry sitting in your room that hasn't gotten done. You can affirm that you are proud of yourself for leaving the dish in the sink for another hour or proud of yourself for not doing whatever it is you normally put pressure on yourself to do. And the reason it's important to practice this and to be mindfully proud of it is because it takes courage. It challenges your courage. It grows your courage. And it may support you in connecting with other things that are actually more important. I recently had a daughter and I wrote her a few songs before she arrived here on earth. And I wanted to impart certain life lessons in these songs. In one of the songs, there is a lyric that is pretty much speaking to the idea that we can be proud of ourselves just for whatever we did. In fact, the song starts, be proud of what you did, no need to ask for more. Have faith in who you are, your powerful galore. And I wrote this lyric thinking about how often we humans, particularly we anxious achievers, are focusing so much on all of what we haven't done rather than giving attention to the things that we already have. We spend so much time thinking about how I need to be better rather than the ways in which I am already great. So I invite you to connect with that lyric. Be proud of what you did. No need to ask for more. Have faith in who you are. You are powerful galore. I also want to point out that it is actually, despite, you know, uh, belief that it's lazy or unimportant, something like sitting down and staring at a curtain, staring at an item that you have in your room, breathing with it, staring out a window, and just being with life. This is important. We are living, right? And when we really think about what is life, what do we value, what is important to us, I wonder if more of us, if we were mindfully thinking about it, would recognize that just Being is important. Just breathing, experiencing our senses, experiencing the colors around us, the feeling of the air touching up against our skin, the feeling or the sound of our own heartbeat or our own inhale and exhale. Here we are living. And a lot of times, instead of living and embracing the fact that we are life, we're so focused on these smaller, more materialistic things that don't need to matter so much. So I hope that the takeaways from this brief episode, brief yet important, are stop judging, stop looking at things as good or bad, start looking at things as helpful or harmful. Invite yourself to Affirm that you are proud of not doing the things that you normally put pressure on yourself to do. 
because you think they give you value, because you think they make you worthy. Affirm, I am proud of myself for having the courage to not do that thing, to test my ability to be present. And connect with the here and now as often as you can because the more you connect with this present moment as opposed to all the thoughts you have about how you're not good enough, how you need to do more and be more or all the ways in which you weren't enough in the past, you are here, you are now and you can fully connect with the power that is you and that power exists simply because you do. Thank you for listening and I look forward to connecting with you next time.